Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. Today my guest is Erica Dovin. She's the author of Digital Body Language. Welcome. It's so great to be here with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. And we were introduced by mutual friends, the only friends you really need, Zarna and Devia Gugnani. I don't think you need anyone else. Nope, that's it. We're good. That's, if those are your friends, it's, that's kind of all you need. But Basically boss Desi ladies. Just exactly. Boss. Incredible women doing big things. So you actually came out with the term geriatric millennial. It's your word. That's right. The internet says that I coined the term geriatric millennial. When did you first use it? I first used the term geriatric millennial over brunch in New York with my girlfriends. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that we no longer felt like the young woman in the room, in the boardroom, in the cafe, at the coffee shop, at the club, wherever we were. But at the same time, we weren't Gen Xers, we weren't baby boomers. And just through casual conversations, we struck up this conversation around who we were. And I, I don't actually know how it spawned perfectly, but this idea of being called a geriatric millennial resonated with so many of us. First of all, we're 
we're not young, young millennials, especially those that, you know, only know a world of Instagram and TikTok. We remember those cheesy AOL instant messenger profile names. We remember Napster. We we remember a Razor flip phone. So we also know when these tools were primitive versus the ways that many people use them now. The other thing we realized is just the word millennial does not resonate with everyone. It actually spans 20 years of individuals, someone born between 1980 and 2000. And so, um, you know, last year I decided uh, to write an article really hoping to define and understand this unique cohort I called a micro generation born between 1980 and 1985, which we both fit into. And uh, a lot of my article had to do, I posted it on Medium, had to do with how geriatric millennials were actually really positioned well post-pandemic to lead in a hybrid world where they're just as good as reading body language because they grew up in a world where digital tools were primitive and also just as good as maybe trying TikTok and Clubhouse. And that's really yes. where the uh, the idea, the genesis, the article came about. Uh, and then it went viral. I love it. I first heard it in a meme. I think it was one of the, the greatest millennial meme pages, I am 30 AF. But once we got in contact, you were like, yeah, I coined that word. And I was like, um, you need to be on the podcast because you are the face of all of us. And I love the word you used micro generation. And I totally relate to that because I am not a complete millennial. I do feel older than the typical millennial. I do have the privilege of having a brother that is 11 years younger than me. We are so different. He's a full-blown millennial. I almost feel like I'm caught between being a boomer and a millennial. You know, we've got a little bit of both. Hence the word geriatric millennial. And it's interesting. A lot of people took, when when I published the piece, it went absolutely viral. It turned into a Twitter hashtag. People started using the phrase geriatric millennial in their LinkedIn and Instagram profiles. And I got a lot of hate too. People on TikTok saying that it felt offensive. Um, Individuals that said, you know, you shouldn't use that term in a similar way that people use the term geriatric pregnancy. And by the way, I had a geriatric pregnancy. But my response to that is, what's wrong with being old? Like, this is kind of the moment of adulting for millennials who are always seen as the young kids. We're not the young kids anymore. Many of us are 40 years old. uh, and, And I think that's the opportunity we all have now to actually reflect on what was unique about this micro generation that grew up remembering how digital tools were so primitive. They remember that speed up dial connection of the internet. Yes. Uh, they remember, you know, collect card phone calls to their parents. Uh, and they've also become savvy. So they can be a unique bridge for their parents and their younger brothers like you or their younger employees who may not know when they actually shouldn't text back and they should actually pick up the phone and call someone. Absolutely. And I notice it definitely on TikTok because I myself will say I'm a geriatric millennial and I will be having a super geriatric pregnancy when I have children because I am 
38, haven't had even a single child. So it's like the word makes perfect sense to me. I'm not offended. I have heard elder millennial, but I feel like geriatric just hits the nail on the head. You know, we are in that the end of the bracket. You know, we're not true millennials, I feel. And I see it on TikTok. You know, I'll say something that a Gen Z kid said. The Gen Z kid's going to get the attention because that's the audience, right? And on TikTok, I am seen as geriatric. So I do think we have that fine line where we can communicate with Gen Z and we understand the way our parents, you know, run the world and do things. You know, we're able to know what a fax machine is. Exactly. And we know who we Phil Collins it. is. You know, we listen to Phil Collins and we listen to Lil Nas. Yeah, exactly. We we actually know how to check a voicemail. Even though we don't like it always, we might want to send a voice note instead. We still know how to check it because we remember so much the first half of our lives using it in in any environment, in our families, in our communities. You know, in my book, Digital Body Language, I kind of split up the communications differences across generations. And, uh, you know, just like we have different traditional body language styles, we have what I call different digital styles of communication. On one end, there are those I call the digital natives. And on the other end, there are those I call the digital adapters. So a digital native might be a lot like your brother. They expect text over email. They hate a period at the end of a text message. They'll never listen to a voicemail. On the other end of the spectrum are digital adapters, a lot like our parents, right? When when my Punjabi dad sends me a text message, it starts with, dear Erica, it ends with, love dad. And I have to scroll through it because it's as long as a handwritten letter. A letter. I quite taught him that a text is not the same as a letter. I also will get these random midday texts from him in all caps saying, call me now. I call back thinking, and it's some emergency. He just doesn't know how to uncaps lock his messages. So, you know, we as geriatric millennials in many ways are the bridge. We connect both of them. We can translate when dad leaves the call to make sure our brother actually listens to the message or we text the information. We know when to send that Slack message versus when to have that in-person gathering. And I think it's because we have a patience for the digital world, but also we know how to use it and not use it in the right ways. You're right. We're definitely seeing it in the workplace and the future CEOs coming up in the next 10 years are going to be millennials, geriatric millennials. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. Many of them are there. If you look at um, Jennifer Fleiss from Rent the Runway or Mark Zuckerberg or Alex Ohanian, the founder of We brought you social media. Um, That's right. That's right. And I, What I do think we have an opportunity to teach younger Gen Zers is when and when not to use these tools in the right ways, like choosing the right medium, almost giving them the lay down, right? You don't want to have your celebrate a baby shower on TikTok. You want to be in person. You want to have a meaningful baby shower. Um, You know, when you're having a group conversation, you can build meaningful connections on Instagram. And we can teach 45-year-olds that, that they can build community in new and different ways. And so, in you know, we're learning, we're kind of all like immigrants to a new country of digital communication because every year the tools speed up. But what I would argue is that 
geriatric millennials have a unique opportunity to keep learning and adapting, but also to remember how important face-to-face connection and body language and just human engagement really is and to teach others that. And now your book, Digital Body Language. What is digital body language? So we all know that research shows roughly 60 to 80% of our communication is our body language. Handshakes, head nods, lean in. But in my research, which I did over a decade, I found that body language hasn't disappeared in a digital world. It's just transformed every single day. Whether we know it or not, we are sending cues and signals that make up how others feel about us. Let me give you some examples. And I'm not just talking about Zoom video skills. So from the choice of communication medium, did you choose to email, call, video call, Slack, IGDM, you know, other, other factors, punctuation. Did you use one exclamation, three, an emoji, uh, caps? These things mean different things to different people. There was one study that found that when you have three exclamation points at the end of a text message, for some that can feel like urgency, for others, it feels like shouting, and for others, it feels like excitement. This is just an example of the different cues we're sending in new new ways. Other examples are response time. Did you respond in three minutes, in three days? So whether we know it or not, we we have a digital body language that either makes or breaks relationships now because most of our relationships, whether we realize it or not, are truly virtual at first, even if we're fully in an office with someone. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When it comes to my book, what I really wanted to do was create a rule book uh, to not give people a prescriptive way to write and communicate, but to give them the range of the different languages we speak online to help them, one, understand the signals they send, even if they don't, don't intend to, two, to become more comfortable being uncomfortable, to stop judging others with first impressions in a digital setting, and last but not least, to really learn how to become fluent, like an immigrant, learning a new language in this new language, especially for those older generations where this is entirely new. And and I'll sum it up with one quick story, which is a woman named Kelsey that I was coaching. She's a geriatric millennial. And she was an executive at Johnson & Johnson when she got some feedback that her empathy was weak. And this was pre-pandemic. I was looking at all the markers of subpar empathy and inability to listen, to ask good questions. 
I would attend meetings with her and it turned out she was great at all these things. When she was in a room with people, she allowed them to feel heard. She asked great questions. She had great body language, but turns out while her traditional body language was great, her digital body language was abysmal. She would send brief, low context emails and text messages saying, you know, send this to me right now, or where are we on this question mark, question mark, question mark. She would cancel calls at the last minute, making her team feel disengaged. She would take calls while she was on video call meetings with other people, making them hold while they were waiting. And in many ways, the whole new cues of empathy just looked different. And I had to teach her what empathy and connection looks like now. And I think that example isn't just for the workplace. It translates to our friendships, where friends feel like we're on the phone all the time at dinner. It translates into our marriages and our partnerships, where in text exchanges between men and women, there are differences that we have across genders in digital communication that can turn into massive fights. And so that's just an example of the many ways we're learning how to communicate better in all parts of our lives. I have been known to send short messages and I've learned now to, you know, like you said, use that digital body language because not everyone knows what you're saying. You know, some might think that a short message is rude. Absolutely. Uh, You know, Remember, you can be intimidating, even if you don't realize it. Sometimes there are simple things that just make that light difference. Adding an emoji at the end, right? Softening the tone. Research shows that up to 50% of the time in digital communication, the tone can be misinterpreted, not just by new acquaintances, but even by family and friends. Uh, Another uh, aspect to this is to remember to never confuse brevity with clarity. We're always doing things quickly, but we don't want to create more confusion, more angst, more overwhelm, especially at work. And I think last but not least is to choose thoughtfulness over hastiness. If there's like a back and forth, I see this with my girlfriends, my geriatric millennial girlfriends on WhatsApp, or we're texting, we're trying to plan a weekend or something. And just knowing when to stop. When when the pause is necessary, especially on a Wednesday at 2 p.m. when most yes. of us are working and we can't do exchanges and pick it back up on Sunday. Sometimes even just scheduling time to have that exchange can be better. So those are just, again, some examples of, of I think, what we all need when it comes to better communication norms. From your book, which everyone should read, what are some key rules? What would be your three most important rules. Number one, don't forget to show gratitude. When you write THX, that is not a thank you. It is an acknowledgement that you got someone's email. So actually show appreciation. You're calling me out. Just take... Oh, yes, I am. am, Right? One line. Like you did a great job. Just add three more letters. Yes, you're, you, you don't have to be a serial exclamation point user or an emoji user, but just taking that extra time, especially for Gen Zers, makes a big difference. It is their language of connection. Number two, when it comes to digital body language, remember that in certain cases, speed matters just as much as substance. And I'll give you an example. When you're building a first impression in person, it takes seven milliseconds for someone to make an impression of you. Uh, You know, online, I like to say that that quick email recap within like 
20 minutes or an hour of a Zoom meeting or even an in-person meeting or some type of exchange is like the new virtual handshake. So also know when you need to be fast versus when you can take your time in in type of in, in any type of exchange. And then last but not least, my final tip is to remember that reading messages carefully is the new listening and writing clearly is the new empathy. We don't talk the talk, we don't walk the talk, we write the talk. It is our brand. It represents and shapes all of our relationships around us. I love that. And you're calling me out on everything because it also depends on who I'm writing to. But I love the thoughtfulness over hastiness because, you know, you're writing to someone and that's what they're seeing. That's their impression of you. Exactly. And that doesn't mean you need to respond to everything immediately. Sometimes you need time to think. I like to say, have the pregnant pause If you're angry, if you're in a bad mood and someone sends something that seems passive aggressive or frustrating, do not respond or write a draft, leave it in your inbox, even schedule it if you have to and check on it the next day. I found that sometimes I would read a message, um, one client who said, you know, we need to talk tomorrow, need to talk about budget. And I ruminated all night, assuming that she had no budget for a big project we had already discussed. Turns out when we got on the call, she's like, I forgot what the budget was. Can you just remind me? And it's so easy for us to just fall into our own train of thought because we don't have synchronous in-person connection as much anymore. So assume the best intent. Make sure to have that pregnant pause when you need to. And if you're really struggling, like ask a friend, ask ask a girlfriend, how would they interpret this? When I ask my husband, he's like, oh, they didn't mean anything. And that really brings me back to how men and women communicate digitally too. A guy, a woman could send a long descriptive, detailed text saying like this and this and this and a man sounds good. Say, hey. <laughs> and, right. Sounds good. Or like it just like as short as possible. And we have to understand a lot like men and women are different in in-person communication that translates in a digital world as well. And now you said pregnant and pause. So we're going to wrap up with your personal yeah. life because, you know, we like to spill the chai and we're nosy. So you are a geriatric yeah. millennial. You had a geriatric pregnancy. How did you meet your husband? And when did you have your children? I met my husband in New York City on the dance floor when I was 23 years old. Um, we sort of grew up together in New York. Um, we're both, um, you know, born and raised to Indian immigrant families, grew up in the U.S. And we've had to learn and relearn how to fall back in love with each other at different ages of our life. And I think the the newest journey of that was after we had two kids um, that are both under four years old right now. Uh, and my second was born five weeks before the pandemic hit. So we lived with two kids under two in COVID in New York City, we've learned that we can get through everything, anything, but it takes real work. And it takes constant practice of falling back in love with each other at different stages of our adulting. And I think for any of us that are trying to find love, that are trying to fall back in love, whatever our state is, remember, it just starts by doing the work. And I'm, I'm in that state of consistent work and um, that you can find the love of your dreams. But it always starts for with sure. self-love. It always starts with self-love. And 
when we were talking earlier before we started recording, I told you, you know, I had to take all of last year off to make dating a full-time job. You know, all of this is work. It's complete work. And for all of the geriatric millennial ladies out there, it, you know, it, it's it's a unique type of work because we remember the world of just casual dating before online dating. We remember the the spontaneity of that, the fun of that. And then online dating took over, which is a norm for digital natives. They don't know anything else. And we have nostalgia of an old world. We have, um, you know, some gratitude for the new opportunities. But I think we just have to keep embracing putting ourselves out there, whether we're married and we're we're deepening our marriage, whether we're single, whether we're dating, you know, you name it. I was so hesitant to go on a dating app because, like you said, we're geriatric. We weren't yeah. used to that. Like, I've never gone on a dating app and I was actually calling them trash. And then in the pandemic, I felt like I had no choice. How was I going to meet anybody? And that's actually how I found my fiance. But let me tell you, it was a challenge to even fill out the form. And it's just so... It's so difficult for us because we are from both worlds. We are from both worlds. And we have to acknowledge that. And then get get a Gen Z girlfriend, right? That you may don't always <laughs> agree with. But I I have a 19-year-old who I go to for social media advice. And that may sound, I mean, she she's basically 20 years younger than me. And I can't believe like college age students are 20 years younger than me. I know. But that's the reality. And so it, it it's up to each and every one of us to keep putting ourselves out there at work, in life, in our professional world, in our community. And only by doing that will we keep growing. And how did you know your husband was the one? His dance moves. Okay. You everything. <laughs> Um, no, I, I actually think, um, I, I would say he was willing to go on adventures with me. I love that. And now where can people find you and get your book? Mm -mm. You can find me at my website, ericadewan.com, where I have my books, digital body language and get big things done where I have online courses that teach you how to be a better manager and leader. I have courses on executive presence and decoding digital communication and how to build your brand in a digital world. Uh, and for anyone that um, loves social media, find me on IG at Erica Duan underscore or LinkedIn. I also have a work guide for all of you managing remote and hybrid teams right now. I created a free four-page toolkit at hybridtoolkit.com. You can download it for free, and it's a great toolkit to help you better establish digital communication norms at work. And we're all exhausted. We all need boundaries. So I hope you'll check it out and start using it to bring some sanity back to your life. We'll definitely link it on the podcast. And thank you so much for taking the time to come here. And I feel like you should be famous. Like, you need to be on the news for coming up with the word geriatric millennial. Well, I am here. I'm currently cringing. So I'm here. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.